Hello and welcome to the Big Knowledge Football Dynasty Podcast. I'm Sonny and I'm your host. Today I'll be talking about uh, fantasy groupthink, um, ways to avoid the pitfalls of fantasy groupthink, and ways to take advantage of what I like to call fantasy groupthink. So first, maybe what we can talk about is what I mean by fantasy groupthink. Um, if you've been playing fantasy football for a while, you know pretty much what I mean by this. Um, somewhere in the offseason, after all the podcasts, um, all the news, um, people having time to go back and look at stats and look at fantasy production, there becomes a consensus on players um, where we all pretty much believe we know who's good, who's bad, and there's really not a lot of area for, for the gray area um, on a lot of these players, which I think if you play fantasy football for long enough, you know that no matter how high you are on a guy, they're on a guy there's you know a decent chance that he's a complete bust, and no matter how low you are on a guy, there's still a decent chance that he could become somebody. Um, just the way the NFL works with all these guys are talented. They all, you know, depending on what coordinator, what fit, um, years of maturity sometimes, you know, it depends on a lot of different situations that will, that will allow you to progress as a player and, and f- either find a spot after not producing after years or, you know, some of these guys just fall off because they had great situations and then, you know, the situation's gone and therefore they can't really um, find the same production. So what I'm trying to help today and just talk about it is different players and different situations. First, I'm going to run over some players, um, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, sticking to the offense, you know, as far as uh, today's podcast. But the reason is, is because I'm looking for, I'm looking at players that are really overvalued. I think with defense, there's, there's just, we'll talk about defense in, in a future podcast because I really do want to talk more about it. But I think that the values on defense, it's, it, there's a few top guys and then the rest of it is kind of up in the air. Most people don't, even the people who know a lot about football don't really know and can't really predict defensive statistics. Um, so what I'm talking about is, is the group thinking offense becomes so common. Everyone just assumes they know what's going to happen with these players. And we, we just forget that until football actually starts playing, none of this is really real. It's just in our imagination and we can get so far away from reality and what really ends up happening that I think it's good to kind of remove ourselves and see if we can take advantage of, of some of those situations. So, um, first let's talk about quarterbacks. Um, the guys I think that group think is, is propping up a little bit too much um, would be Deshaun Watson. I know some of you love Deshaun Watson, and, and I see it in all the leagues right now. He's, he's getting drafted very high. He had those big, I think it was six games of production, and, and it, was, it was really amazing how many touchdowns he was scoring. But if you watch the games, I went back and I watched some film. I didn't, you know, I'll be honest, it was a lot of highlights, but I saw some game film as well. And, and you see the same thing that when he was coming out of college that there's concerns about. You know, he's just kind of... He, they're going, people are going to find a way to game plan against him. And, and I'm not saying he's going to be a terrible quarterback, but right now where he's being drafted, you're, you're spending a very high capital on a lot of unknowns. And uh, I think the group think has him up there as just somebody who is going to be the next best thing. And so therefore his value is sky high. And, and this is where avoiding the pitfalls means you, I don't think it's the time to trade for Deshaun Watson. If you don't have him on your team, you need to just to pass and, and let somebody else you know, take their chances with him, even if he turns out to be the chosen one. Um, but 
at the same time, if you do have him, you, this, this might be a prime opportunity to try and sell him because Deshaun Watson is not going to become more valuable than he is. He's, I mean, he's almost being sold as one of the top five quarterbacks. Yeah, he could become a top five quarterback. He could even become the top one quarterback. But when you're paying a top five price, you're not getting much more than, you know, that, that top one is not going to earn you much. You, you need to look for deals where you can actually gain in the overall. And Deshaun Watson's price is, is almost at its max, you know, as, as far as what he can fulfill. And along those same lines, my next quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. And, uh, or should I say, handsome Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think Jimmy G is the perfect example of this groupthink because it doesn't matter where I see him get drafted or where I see him get talked about in the fantasy circles, he's got to be referred to as handsome Jimmy G, which is great. I mean, it's funny that all of us macho guys can sit there and all agree that, hey, that's a beautiful man. He's handsome. But I think it, if you look, take a step back, you realize that this is those examples of everybody. It's like a collective subconscious floating above all of us. And we just can't break free from it. We just, you know, every time Jimmy G's name gets, oh, he's so handsome. And it, it builds up this sexy appeal about him that has nothing to do with football. And, you know, I think once we can, if, if, if you can kind of break away from this collective subconscious of the fantasy football world, you can see that, you know, once football starts, I think it's somehow all of us, we start watching the players play. You see that, you know, this guy is not as great as you thought he was, and this guy is not the biggest turd that you thought he might be. And just because Jimmy Garoppolo is handsome and he used to be the backup quarterback for Tom Brady doesn't mean that he's actually better than Tom Brady. But if you look at his draft right now, he's being drafted much higher than Tom Brady, especially for Dynasty. And it's, he's being much higher drafted than a lot of players who've proven a lot more than Jimmy G has. So I like the kid. I have shares of him. I hope he does well. But I also think when you're talking about, uh, he, there's, there's almost no way that he can outplay what he's, being, what he's being valued at now. So if you have him, sell him. Sell him. You're not going to be able to get more. Two games into the season, the same guy who would pay you money, the top money for Jimmy G as if he's Tom Brady, the second coming, the young, beautiful Tom Brady. You're not going to get that two games in the season when they realize, well, he's just as average as, you know, Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott and whoever else, they're all going to be kind of bunched in there. There's a lot of guys that can put up production. Jimmy G hasn't shown anything more than, you know, some really good games. They did win, um, and, and he, he has a great coordinator. So I, I see the appeal, but I'm, what I'm saying is clearly it's, at this point I think he's overvalued and everyone can see that, and yet nobody can seem to release themselves from that. So release yourself from it, sell them high now, and, and, and I think you'll be better off in the long run. You can find another quarterback for much cheaper and add other assets. So guys that I think you can take advantage of in, as far as the group think on the, in the quarterback position, um, one is Alex Smith, and you know it seems kind of obvious, but even after he produced last year and he was top five quarterback, in a lot of places he was number two quarterback, and he's going to a new system, yeah, he's not exciting, he's not sexy, he's quite the opposite of Jimmy G, but a guy who's, a, you know, he's going to probably guarantee be a top ten quarterback. I think the wheels would really have to fall off the bus for Alex Smith not to produce in that QB1 range. To be a starting quarterback in fantasy football is valuable. And he's being drafted so far behind guys that are just you know flyer types that th this is a chance to get a guy who's a good, solid player. He's young in, in terms of quarterbacks. I mean, he's 33, 34 years old. That, that means he has four or five good years. Four or five good years in Dynasty is forever. So you've got a guy who's a lock as a backup, and you can get him for almost nothing or pretty darn cheap. 
So I, I recommend it. Alex Smith, goodbye. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many years of production he'll have. I think people will still undervalue him. He's just not sexy enough, and people don't want him on the roster. So say thank you and, and take him onto your roster. Uh, my other guy is Andrew Luck. Yes, Mister No Shoulder, Mister Nobody. You know he's he's just a big bag of injury now, and he he can't even throw a football. I'd like to say one thing about that. First of all, it's not that he can't throw a football. They never said he can't throw a football. What they said is he's not throwing a football. And I think there's a big difference in that. And that's because if you're, if you're rehabbing and you have no reason to have to throw a football and a year before you re-injured that same shoulder by trying to throw a football too early, it would only make sense to not throw a football until you need to start really testing but that doesn't mean he can't throw football. It means he's probably just waiting. There's no point in rushing it. Keep the rehab going. There will be a time and a place to get that rolling. And, and one other point on Alex or Andrew Luck is I think that when he played two years ago, when he actually played, he played with a bad shoulder. So he already had the hurt shoulder, and he put up good production. He wasn't a top quarterback, but he, he's just the kind of guy that he's a gunslinger, and he's also smart. So he makes a lot of plays. He can make plays with his feet, too. And maybe that should be reined in a little bit. But he's the kind of player that he's just a big production player, even with a bad arm. So what, what makes you think that he's going to play worse with a repaired shoulder than he would when he was playing with the bum shoulder and just opted not to get surgery on it? I think that's something that people forget. He played with a bad shoulder, and it, didn't, it wasn't terrible. So if he comes back at that same, you know, obviously he's not going to want to play with a bad shoulder continuing, but... If he lost his shoulder strength and is not playing much more than that level that he was there, he's still able to produce. He's still a good player. And, and there are some people that, that value Andrew Luck a lot more. So I'm not saying go buy him at his peak price or where if – if you've got a guy who's just – because I'm, I'm an Andrew Luck truther and I have him on my leagues and I won't sell him for cheap. So I'm not saying go to a guy and try to buy him for, for what – you know if the guy's in love with him still. But if there's a guy who's just kind of sick and tired of having him on his roster – this is a guy that his, his value could be top quarterback, and he's 28 or 29 years old. So you could have the top quarterback in the league for the next 10 years and get him at a huge discount. you gotta, you got to look into it, in my opinion. Okay, so let's talk about running backs a little bit. Um, the first running backs I want to talk about um, are guys that I think that the group think has them just inflated, especially in terms of, of dynasty football. Um, LaShawn McCoy is my first guy, and it's, it's not that I don't like Shady. I think he, obviously he's produced, and he and he will probably even produce again this year. But he's 30 years old. He's playing for a team that has literally no chance of winning and doesn't seem to even want to win. And people are buying this guy still in the higher rounds of startup drafts, trading high capital for him. I just don't understand. I get it. You know, maybe one year of production is worth it to you. To me, it's not worth it. I think that. This guy is clearly on his last legs. If you, His name value alone is going to get you something, and this is the time to bail out on LaShawn McCoy, and, and I definitely don't think you should buy unless you can get him from, some, from somebody for very cheap. Um, another guy is Deontay Foreman. Um, I do like Deontay Foreman. I, I think that uh, he looked good at times last year and looked like he may just yank that job away. Um, from Lamar Miller, but I think what we saw also was there's no guarantees in that offense of who's getting the ball. Even, you know, Alfred Blue was getting carries. And Deonta Foreman tore his Achilles. And and for me, it's, that's a major injury. You don't see many running backs just come back from those kind of injuries. And he's not even a full year recovered. And I think people, because Houston didn't draft a running back, I think people just started assuming, well, that it's got to be Deonta Foreman. 
I don't know. I just see when I see in the drafts, he's getting a lot of value. He's getting treated as if he never got the injury, as if he's guaranteed to take the job from Lamar Miller. And, and I don't think either of those things are anywhere close to a guarantee. So I would avoid Deonta Foreman, at least at his price right now. Um, if you have him, you want to hold on to him. You know, he, he could turn out to be a good player, but I, I never saw anything that said this guy's the most dynamic running back. He's, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. There's a lot of guys like that in the NFL. I wouldn't overspend on trying to get one, especially who has an Achilles, coming off an Achilles injury. Um, the next one is Saquon Barkley. Boy, this kid, I mean, you watch him, you say, wow, this kid is going to be special. And everybody who watches him says the same thing. I'm pretty sure he will be special. But I'm seeing trades that go down right now that are unbelievable. I mean, this guy is going to have to produce right out of the gate. He's going to have to be the best or one of the best running backs and or all-around players um, from the get-go. That's just the way the price that people are giving up for him is, is valuing him at his peak as if he was already Ladanian Tomlinson putting up Ladanian Tomlinson-like seasons, and that's just too much. So. I'm not buying Saquon Barkley. There's no unless I find a sucker who's just going to sell him. And I have one one league where I'm going to get him with a one one, and I'm not going to sell it unless somebody just came and moved the farm. So I'm not saying sell Saquon either. But it, you may consider selling him. You definitely don't want to buy him at the price, though. That's really my point. He's just so highly valued. There's no way you can get anything else from from that. You're not going to gain any extra value. He's pretty much maxed value right now. So he better he would have to levitate over the offensive line and, and into the end zone constantly and use Jedi mind tricks um, to to gain you know what, what some of the values he's getting with Antonio Brown plus multiple first round picks some of the stuff I've seen is just unbelievable. So definitely if you can get Saquon Barkley on you know and even reasonable I'd do it because you could probably turn around and sell him for a fortune but. That's probably not likely at this point we all know so I would just pass and let somebody else take him if they can get him and. And go from there. Okay, a couple running backs um, that I think are being undervalued because of the group think. Um, one is Isaiah Crowell. I think Isaiah Crowell, he's a starter. He's a starter for an NFL team. And he's a decent talent. And I'm not saying he's going to be a good player. I'm not going to say he's even going to be guaranteed that job. But he's dropped off the the, you know, he, the marketplace, there's just no market for him. Nobody wants him. Nobody is, you know, you can get him for nothing. You can get him for a fourth-round rookie pick. Um, you can get him for defensive players or just all kinds of things can, to, you can work, has, have him thrown in on another deal. And, and he's a starting running back, and I think there's value there. He's young. Um, he's still somewhat talented. And if that offense gets turned around, I think Isaiah Crowell would be benefited from that. So that, that team likes to run the ball. And I think that he's just being completely overlooked. So that's one. Another one that's even less, he's being valued even less. So I wouldn't, I would spend nothing on this guy. But if you do get him, he's got some potential. And that's Latavius Murray. Um, You know, Dalvin Cook obviously is in line for, for big production, a big, big boost if he can stay healthy. And he's a pass catcher. He's a runner. He clearly looks like the guy. But Jarrett McKinnon's gone now, so they may have Dalvin Cook having to take on more of that pass catching role, which means they don't. I don't think they want to overwork him. There's a good chance that Latavius Murray gets a lot of the goal line, a lot of the secondary work. And if Dalvin Cook goes down, Latavius Murray gets a lot more than that. And he is a free asset right now. Somebody that that nobody's even talking about. I don't. I, they, it's literally out there just for nothing. So go get him. See if you can hold on to him. Especially if you have deep rosters. If you don't have deep rosters, well, maybe wait and see. But at least keep him on your speed dial so that you're aware if if something starts to happen. He, he those kind of guys that are next in line for a big role. It, it's very you know Minnesota loves to run the ball. They play great defense. That's the kind of team you want a guy. And and he's not. 
going to share time necessarily or much time, you know, initially, but he, there's a lot that could pay off in the long run with him. Um, just one other little group of players that I think is being undervalued is just the pass-catching backs as in general. The, the Terry Cohens, the Chris Thompson, the Duke Johnson, the, you know, Theo Riddick guys, even Giovanni Bernard. I mean, nobody even talks about him, and he still puts up production. And he, these kind of guys... They have their role. They're not going anywhere. In fact, the league is shifting more and more to these type of players, and yet people still chase the dynamic every down back and kind of devalue these guys. Yes, these guys are not likely to come in and take over a three-down role if somebody gets hurt, but they're also not likely to lose their job for anything. And pass catching, in, I play in pretty much all PPR leagues or half-point PPR, and those guys just put up points constantly. And there's weeks where... You know, the Derrick Henrys or whoever just run the ball a lot. They, they just do nothing. They just get a little bit of yards. These guys that get a couple of passes put up the same production and don't even need to have the main, the main back role. Okay, let's talk about wide receivers for a minute. Um, so we'll first talk about guys that I think are overvalued by the group. Um, my first guy is Mike Evans. He, if you look at Mike Evans' statistics and the way he, he's produced, he's good. He's a good player, and he's very talented. But he so underproduces where he's being drafted. And I think at this point, he's not young anymore to the point where you think, okay, he's going to grow. He may grow, he may not grow, but we have to accept him for the player he is, which is a very good player. And also, he's a large red zone threat, so he catches a lot of touchdowns, and that kind of boosts his appeal and his, his visually how much he's, he's seen. But I think that the league is kind of going away from some of those receivers more and more, taking you know, more and more guys that are underneath and using those kind of outlets and quick playmaker types. And the big guys, they can find guys that don't have to be superstar caliber. You know, there's a lot of guys, the Devin Funchesses or Brandon LaFells or whatever, that are big enough, strong enough, can catch and can give you a red zone target. And there's a lot of tight ends that do the same. That I think that Mike Evans' appeal is, is starting to, he's not, he's not Calvin Johnson. And you know, there's only so many Calvin Johnsons, and yet everybody every year looks for the next Calvin Johnson and even props up guys. They just want that guy who's big, strong, fast, and you know, great at football as far as route running and those kind of things. And I think Evans is, is big, strong, and not really fast, but sort of fast. He doesn't break a lot of tackles. He, he's just kind of a big, gigantic tight end who's, you know, he's a good player, but way overdrafted. So I would try to I would sell Mike Evans if you have him or try definitely try not to trade much for him. It's there's almost no way you can trade for him without overpaying because people just won't by name value alone they won't let him go. Um second guy on my list is Larry Fitzgerald. And this one's funny because Larry Fitz he's kind of come full circle. There was a time in the last couple of years where you could get Larry Fitz for almost nothing. And he was younger than he is now. And producing the same, but suddenly it's like groupthink has come back around on old Larry Fitzgerald, and he's just the greatest thing ever, and he's going to produce for you a guaranteed 90 catches and 1,000 yards and a blah, blah, blah. And I think to myself, are you kidding me? First off, the guy's going to retire. He pretty much said he's going to retire after the season. So you have no guarantees of more than, a, more than one season. You know you're not getting more than one season. And then on top of that, you have this guy who there's no guarantee he's going to produce all these statistics. He's his quarterback situation, their offensive line, injuries at his age. There's just too many things to say, wow, he's moving up draft. He's getting drafted. It's kind of like the LaShawn McCoy thing. It just doesn't make sense to me at his age. I get it. He's a good player. He can produce maybe for one more year. That's it. And, and I think that in Dynasty, you have to look bigger than that. And, and you, you know, if you have him on your team and you want to keep him, fine. You want to win. 
But this is a good time to trade him, I still think. You're going to get value for him still, and you know this is his last season. So for me, Larry Fitz is a no-brainer. To, to, to kind of, you got to look at this guy and say, wow, he's past his time. Why is everyone still, you know, it's, like I say, he's come back around. He's become the trendy thing again, and, and this is a time to move on him, to get away from him. And, and speaking of trendy, my third guy is Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes, he's a great player. I like him. I like his, his attitude. I like he's so young. He, he fits everything the Steelers want to do. There's a lot of great things about Juju, and if you have him, hold on to him. Um, but if you're trying to buy him at the prices he's going for right now, I think you're way overpaying. Antonio Brown's not going anywhere for a while. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is known to, to like to throw the ball around, especially when you have a running back like Le'Veon Bell. They're going to run the ball. They're going to throw the ball to Bell, to Brown. They, they brought in James Washington, who stretches the field and adds a, a whole dynamic. And yeah, that might open up some stuff underneath, but you also have the, the tight end Vance McDonald. I just think you're not going to be able to get the production that you're paying for, no matter what, until at least Antonio Brown goes down or things shift. And then three years down the road. But I don't like to play Dynasty Leagues for three years down the road. I just think that three years down the road is a long time. You need to pay. Three years down the road, you can pay that price for Juju and still get him. Um, Because people, you know, right now he's the hot name. In two years, he may not be the hot name. And he may be ready to produce at that level. Or at least, you know, he's getting drafted where he has to be that guy. And he's not. So clearly, uh, you know, another guy that I love him. He's a good player. But you've got to look at value, and if you don't have them, don't, don't try to acquire them at this, at this point. On the flip side, and this one really kind of lines up with that, is, is Randall Cobb is a guy I think is being grossly undervalued. You know, we talked about Larry Fitzgerald, and, and here's a guy who, you know, is on his last leg, is admitting it, and sure, you're going to get production of him. And then you on the other side, nobody wants Randall Cobb, and yet this guy plays with a guy named Aaron Rodgers, who's the best quarterback in the league. He plays a slot role. They just let Jordy Nelson go. He's been doing this for a long time. He has much more physical upside than Larry Fitzgerald as far as making plays after the catch. I mean, he's obviously he's not the player he was, but he's not that far removed. He's not even 30. I think he's 27 or 28. He's still fairly young. They didn't get rid of him, even though he has a pretty substantial contract. So clearly he's a part of their plan. And he's very cheap. He's much cheaper than Larry Fitzgerald, which makes no sense to me. So to me, Randall Cobb, if, you, if you're willing to go spend on Larry Fitzgerald, just go Go get Randall Cobb and save yourself some money and spend it on something else. Um, my second guy is Marvin Jones. Um, I just think that he's shown that he is Matthew Stafford's trusted wide receiver. He's the guy that, that Matthew Stafford really wants to throw the ball to, um, at least you know on, on the deep routes and, and to just huck the ball up there. He trusts Marvin Jones. You see the way he throws the ball there. He trusts that Marvin Jones is going to get that ball. And he's been doing it now for a couple years. And He's, people just don't really, they don't value Marvin Jones like the wide receiver that he is. Um, he outproduced Mike Evans last year, and you can get him at a fraction of the cost of Mike Evans. And he's just one of those guys that he's going to be a little more expensive than the Randall Cobb or some of these other lower guys, but, I mean, he's producing like a top wide receiver, and I don't think that that's going to change. I think that you're going to get a, a solid floor from him, and there is still upside. There's, there's potential for growth. Um, because they, he's not—he's not an old player. I don't think he's young either. He's what, 28 or something. But he's still—he's a player that's learning and just growing into a, a leadership role on a team and becoming, you know, one of the key p- players on that team. He hasn't done it for that many years. There is still room for growth, and, and I think that he—he's definitely a value right now. And my final guy is Ryan Grant, and this is only because I just think he's free. He, here's a guy that 
you know, when Andrew Luck does come back, when I say win, just because I think it will happen, um, Ryan Grant looks like he's in line to be one of those possession guys. It's going to be T.Y. Hilton and probably Ryan Grant and the tight ends. So Ryan Grant, it, it, people wanted Dante Moncrief a year ago, and, you know, even people are going Google over Chester Rogers, but no one's talking about Ryan Grant. You know, Baltimore kind of screwed him, so it made this weird thing where he got overpaid and then all of a sudden didn't get paid, and then Colts come in and pay him $5 million or whatever, and so it looks like they're getting him at a deal, but it also looks like, you know, somehow he got his name slandered in, in just by getting signed to a bigger contract than maybe people, some people thought he should have, which makes no sense to me. Just the fact that the Baltimore was even willing to offer it means that, you know, clearly the guy has some talent, and then the Colts swipe in and get him at a good deal, and now the guy's pissed. This might be the perfect, perfect opportunity to get him because now he has something to prove, and he almost got that big contract, and now he's going, okay, now I'm going to show you. So those are my wide receivers. Okay, and so far as tight ends, I don't have um, a lot of... There's, there's no candidates for tight ends that I feel really strongly about as far as being overvalued. But I will say, I think Trey Burton is one to watch out for. It seems like Trey Burton is just the hottest name, and everybody wants to hype him up as the next best thing. And the guy, oh, Nagy came from Kansas City, and Nagy has had Travis Kelsey, and he's going to play the same Travis Kelsey role. I think it's important to remember that player, different players are used differently by coordinators. I, I remember when North Turner came from, from the Cleveland Browns and he had just had that season where Josh Gordon put up ridiculous numbers under North Turner. And North Turner shows up in Minnesota and one of the first comments he makes in the offseason, and this, this is what I talk about when we say groupthink, because this moment this came out, everyone started talking about this, myself included. We just said, what the? North Turner said, I'm going to have Cordell Patterson play the Josh Gordon role. And here Cordell Patterson was coming off his rookie season, this talented back, this guy who you know, has shown all this explosion and, and playmaking ability. And, and everyone just went, what? Oh, my God, Cordell Patterson, Josh Gordon's role, and blah, 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 blah. And you remember how it ended up. It was terrible. But that offseason, Cordell Patterson flew up the, the, the rankings. And I think that... You have to be careful when those kind of things, and obviously Trey Burton's not flying up the Rakins, but he's, it's the same kind of thing where he's, he's a tight end, he's coming in there, they have Adam Shaheen who showed some signs of life, they brought in Alan Robinson, they brought in Anthony Miller, all these guys are going to make a claim for, for their share of those targets as well, and I can't say that I think that Trey Burton's better than any of them, and Tariq Cohen, I, I mean I love Tariq Cohen, I think that he's, he's really undervalued, and these, these are all guys that Matt Nagy's going to have plenty of use for, I just don't see how Trey Burton is suddenly going to become Travis Kelsey or even close to it. So I would definitely steer clear of that one. On the lower end, um, and you may not even heard of this guy, but to me, in the fantasy circles, especially in the deep fantasy, Rico Gathers has been a name that after last season's preseason, you watch him play, you see his dynamic two preseason games and how explosive he looked and just catching balls and looking like the beast. And we all fell in love. I'm, I'm guilty of this. And we all were hoping for, for something you know, really special. And I've seen it in the offseason now. We're in you know, tight end premium leagues and other leagues where this guy is still getting valued as if you know, he's taken over Witten's job. But if you listen to the Cowboys coaching staff and you see what's kind of going on in that situation, it doesn't look good for him. And I'm not giving up hope. Uh, I'm holding on to him if I have him. But I'm definitely not trading for him anymore. I'm not putting much... I'm building my team as if he's going to be garbage and hope, hope he just somehow hits because... The, the, the tea leaves are saying it's not going to happen. And there's so many talented tight ends out there, so many young guys that, that moved from wide receiver to tight end that, that, can, that are some of the best athletes. So it doesn't, just because he's a great athlete who catches the ball like a tight end, you know, or I mean like a, a basketball player and blah, 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 doesn't make him 
the next great thing. He has to prove it and he has to work for it. And it seems like maybe he has a rap career that he's working on or whatever it is. It doesn't seem like he's fully on board with making it happen and it hasn't shown up uh, as far as Cowboys. So I would lay off him for now. Um, if you can get him for cheap, that's fine. But he's, he's one I, w- I would avoid. A guy I would try to you know get at this point is Charles Clay. I think Charles Clay is super undervalued right now. I mean, people just aren't talking about Charles Clay. He, I know he's had some injuries, and he plays in Buffalo, okay. But he, this guy is 29 years old. I think that's one year older than Travis Kelsey. Um, he's the kind of guy that if you look at pro football focus or other kind of metrics where they rate tight ends, he's really a highly rated tight end. He's a great blocker. He's a great receiver. He's just kind of a do-it-all type guy. He's a vet. He's a leader. And uh, I think he's just being completely overlooked. I think he'll get production this year. You've got A.J. McCarron and, or whoever else is going to be looking for a check down. He's going to be needing somebody to throw the ball to. And, and he fits that role as long as he doesn't get help, hurt. And then after this season, I think if you're looking at, if you say the Buffalo doesn't keep him or he, you know, whatever happens as far as his contract, he's the kind of guy that I think he's going to end up in a good spot. He's a good tight end. He's going to be a good tight end for quite a few years. And you get him for very, very cheap. He's just almost a nothing type tight end and he'd probably be a top top 10 tight end for the next four or five years if he gets the right situation which is usually the case for most tight ends and most players in in fantasy football Um, and then my other guy and this is it's strange to say it but I do think he's undervalued and is Eric Ebron Um, you know if you look at Ebron's stats I think he was the 10th rated tight end last year everyone just said what a terrible tight end he is and how awful he is but if you look at his stats he puts up decent numbers for a tight end for a receiving tight end and that's what we want um, he again, just just like Clay, he's getting older, but he it take the position takes time to learn. I mean, I remember Vernon Davis never turned into Vernon Davis, and yet years after people gave up on him, he's still producing as a tight end. He's still now, and that two, three, four years ago, people gave up on him, if, if not longer. I mean, that's and so Ebron is in that boat where I think people have started to give up on him. The Colts came out and paid him. It's not like. You know, it was early in the offseason. They wanted him, and they paid him, and, and he may not be a, a super integral part of that offense, but he is a productive player, and I think you can get him for really cheap. And if, you know, I don't think that uh, Doyle is any kind of, you know, superstar athlete. Sure, he's reliable, but if something happens to Doyle, then you've got, you know, Andrew Luck, who loves his tight ends, and you've got Eric Ebron, who is a talent. And, and it just makes sense to me, and even even if Doyle doesn't, there's a chance that Ebron becomes their, their favorite passing weapon So as far as tight ends. So I think that... Ebron is definitely a value. That's it for my tight ends. One more general topic before I close the podcast. I'd like to talk about just the, uh, something I see going on in general fantasy football right now with group thinking. That is the, the running backs, the wide receivers, um, just the discrepancy between the two. It used to be wide receivers were the thing three or four years ago, and then after a couple good years of running backs, now running backs are all the rage. I mean, it is unbelievable. It just to look at the top end of these drafts and see how many running backs go, even into the third, fourth, fifth round of startups. And same thing with rookie drafts. The, the, the number of flyers on running backs just keeps going up because people are saying, I've got to get you know, a running back. This is where all the points are. And I would just, I want to caution people. I think that the NFL and fantasy football and everything, it's cyclical. The, the scoring is cyclical. It just depends on the year. And we've seen a lot of, of running backs that have scored well, but 
the same time, those guys are becoming established. I don't think you're just going to see new rookies come in and just keep producing at that clip. So we've got all these youngsters coming in, and people are drafting them as if they're the next Alvin Kamara or they're the next thing. Maybe they are, but some of them are going to bust as well. And even the Alvin Kamaras of the world will bust eventually. They're running backs. Running backs are such a hit-or-miss commodity. that just They get injured a lot. They you know Systems change. Uh, it's just such a, a position that I, I, I don't understand why people lost sight of the fact that wide receivers have much long, much more longevity, uh, much easier to predict over the long haul. And uh, I think we just had a down year with some receivers. We had some quarterbacks injured. Um, and I think this, th- instead of looking at the wide receiver position as a mess and saying, okay, you've got these top five or six or ten guys that you know, are no-brainer, really good players, and then after that it's just like, oh, this is ugly, we should look at that as an opportunity. I mean, that means that nobody has any clarity on a huge number of players. These are players that we, you know, they could range from, from being 60th player or they could range down to the 20th. And so this gives opportunity. These are a lot of players out here. So this is a good time for you to kind of stake your claim, find guys that you really believe in, that you really want on your team, and go get them because they're not expensive. Wide receiver, you go down the list, there's just so many wide receivers, so many guys that could pop, that could be the next big thing, or they could at least be reliable players, or they could be nothing. So yes, there's the chance of bust, and yes, you're gonna, but you're really going to have to pay to get the guaranteed and I'm telling you, it's guaranteed that some of these guys are going to hit. And so going against the grain, when everybody's going running back early, I'm not saying go wide receiver early. What I'm saying is get the, if you can get some of the top wide receivers early and then get some of the upside running backs, that might be the better, the better way to go because running backs, you just don't know. You could get a guy who's a 5th, 6th, 7th, 10th, 15th round guy. He turns out to be the guy the next year and, and you know the Alex Collins of the world. And then you have the other guys who are supposed to be these superstars and a lot of them turn out to be, but a lot of them, you know, get hurt. They, they, things change. And we spend a lot of capital, a lot of draft capital on dynasty sports on, um, you know, running backs that it's just such a, a sensitive position. And there's so many ways you can lose in that. So I think that it's better to put your capital in, in other positions, maybe a top tight end, top wide receiver. And now my final point, which is a top quarterback. I think it's silly that the group think says quarterbacks aren't important, especially when people who come from redraft, they just take the quarterback out of the position. But I think that when you really look at dynasty football and you start thinking about all the quarterbacks that you want on your team, there's not that many. And then you have to think about spreading it across all the teams and keeping those players forever. So my opinion is quarterbacks hold their value they, they keep their positions. They don't lose their job if they're a starting quarterback, usually if they're good enough. They, they keep their job. They usually don't get hurt as much as running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers. They, it's just, they put, in almost every league I'm in, they put up the most points. They are the highest scoring player. Even if it's a one quarterback league, having an asset like a quarterback is, is still having an asset. It's almost like having a future draft pick. And I know people say, oh, you can't trade quarterbacks. That's not my experience, especially in Dynasty. I can trade quarterbacks. I always trade quarterbacks. I always stockpile quarterbacks. And I always find that people need quarterbacks. And you can get leverage to get a lot of different things when you have good quarterbacks. And when you're drafting in the middle of you know, startup drafts and you start getting into those rounds where there's questionable players and you're thinking about taking your fourth or fifth wide receiver flyer prospect or running back prospect, and you keep passing on good quarterbacks, you know, guys like Ben Roethlisberger and stuff, it doesn't make any sense to me. Draft those quarterbacks, get those quarterbacks on your team, work it out later. Those are talented players, and then you know their talent. You know what they produce. You know what they give you. 
and you can try those flyers two, three rounds later and still have a bunch of quarterbacks, which is a, you know, when you look at scarcity, it is the most scarce position, more scarce than any other position because you've got starters and then you've got only so many that are actually desirable starters. So you've got 15 players. At least with running back, you have pass-catching running backs, you've got the goal line type guys, you've got a variety of players you can, that are usable. With quarterback, especially in Dynasty, when you're thinking, like, I want this player for a long time, I want this to be the face of my friendship, I want to build my team around this guy, there's only a handful of those guys, and you really you should get one, and maybe even more, because other guys will realize they want one too. So that's it for the podcast. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a great day.